Welcome, book nerds, to the Marriage Stories Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Becca. And if you're here looking for marriage advice, all we got is couples that read together, breathe together. today's episode we are going to review our top five plus honorable mentions reads of the first quarter of 2023 we did this a couple weeks ago the actually last week of march <laughs> a month ago yeah you're right on instagram live and that we thought we'd do it here too for posterity's sake yeah so a lot of the times that's how i get my tbr way higher than it should or needs to be but it's really <laughs> fun to listen to other people's top reads and go through your list and be like "Ooh, that one sounds good Ooh, i want to read that one or it could help move a book that was already on your tbr up sooner or introduce you to new authors so i just really like to do these recap or wrap up type things right i think they're a lot of fun and um i'm excited to share these picks before we get started here, what are you reading right now, Becca? Currently, I actually just finished uh, The Bodyguard by Catherine Center that I talked about last time. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was good. I would give it a four out of five stars. It um, wasn't anything crazy complex. It was predictable. But you know what? We have, as a bookstagram society of romance lovers, discovered that the reason why many of us love romance so much is because it is a good anxiety calmer to read something you know is going to end exactly the way you would hope it would and so it it does and the romance is between a female bodyguard and a famous actor and that was good. And now I have moved on to Remarkably Bright Creatures, another one that was on a lot of people's top lists from last year that a lot of people are shocked that I have not already read. Uh, as previously mentioned, I read anything with creatures, animals, wild, like in the title. Um, and it is from the POV of an octopus and a janitor. So that's like all you need to know. That's just, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. What are you reading? I am currently reading Once in Future by Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora does the art in that one. It is a graphic novel series. It's completed. It just finished either this year. Yeah, this year. Basically, the premise is it's a different take on Arthurian and British tales. So all the Arthur myths end in, and he will return when... England need the Britons need him most. Well, what if that wasn't a good thing? <laughs> and it kind of goes from there. And it's really, really good. It weaves in a lot of classic British stories. So it like it weaves in Beowulf I was and just gonna Robin ask. Hood and lots of other Beowulf. things. It's a lot of fun. I'll be doing a review soon. I read the entire. Se- the entire 29 issues available on Comixology Unlimited, and issue 30 is not available on there. Update. I know you're going to talk about your comic club here in a little bit. Yeah. But what if 
you did this for your comic club because I feel like I haven't seen much about it on on bookstagram yet it seems like something a wide broad audience would love I might I'll probably do it in the future though oh once in future once in future <laughs> um I'll probably do it after I've had some time to sit on it and I'm ready for a reread of it but that's a good segue into my comic book club. I'm going to be starting a comic book club through the Marriage Stories podcast here. And just, you can message me on Instagram at Marriage Stories Pod or at Books, Boards, and Brews if you want to join. What we'll be doing for the month of May is Frank Miller's classic, The Dark Knight Returns. Anybody's welcome to join if they want. It's a classic for a reason. It's very well done. I'm excited to reread it. It will be my second read of it, so I'm looking forward to it. And along the same lines, if you have a book that you would like to suggest for a podcast buddy read that you would like to do along with us or just hear us do together and talk about, also send that in our inbox. So do you want to go first? Sure. My honorable mention, or sixth place... Yeah, for me, uh, it's book number six, but it can be an honorable mention for you. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. If it's top five and then six is your honorable mention. Is it? Because I view an honorable mention as this is a book I want to make sure to talk about, but it's not as... It wasn't as good as these, but it's definitely one that sat with me. Well, isn't six not as good as five? Yes, but it wouldn't necessarily be six. So other books on your list would be six over your honorable mention? Probably. That makes no sense to me. Well, my ratings and enjoyment. Like, a couple years ago, I did my top ten of the year, and an honorable mention was A Clockwork Orange. It would not have been number eleven, but it's one that sat with me and made me think a lot, so it's an honorable mention. Okay. That's fair. I just feel like most of the time in competitions, it's first, second, third, and then honorable mention. And that honorable mention is the one that just wasn't quite as good as third, but better than everybody else. Well, this is my rating system, so I can do whatever I want with it. Agreed. My honorable mentions (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are kind of funny. They're for you parents out there. Um, it, it is Weenie and the Pancake Problem by Maureen Fergus, featuring Frankenbeans. Uh, these are children's graphic novels. And when I say children, I mean like young children's graphic novels. We discovered them with our two-year-old. And he loved them, and so did we. And I love a good children's book that parents and kids can both enjoy when your kid inevitably wants to read them a thousand times and you don't (laughs) grumble you know that is a good kid's book yeah they're cute books for sure teddy had us read them to him multiple times yeah the only reason he stopped is because you moved them upstairs i suppose so yeah and the weenie is a wiener dog Then Frank is a cat and Beans is a guinea pig and it follows their misadventures with food. The first one is Meatloaf Madness and the second one is Pancake Problem. And I look forward to finding out what the third one coming 
mm, is going to get into. My sixth pick, not honorable mention, is The Adventures of Amina al-Sarafi by Shannon Chakrabarty. I've seen so much about this one. Yes, it was really good. I was fortunate enough to get it as an arc uh, through NetGalley. Um, I did the audiobook via NetGalley, and it was really good. The The voice actors did a tremendous job, and the story was fantastic, too. It's got pirate fantasy. It's got a heist. It's got... It's kind of a historical fantasy, too. It was a lot of fun. I really need to get into Chakrabarty's Davabod trilogy, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But I, I was very much thrilled with this book, and I'm very excited to read more of her work. It's got a gorgeous cover, too. Absolutely. I'm sure you've seen it. It's been everywhere, but it is gorgeous-looking cover. It was Book of the Month in, uh, or a Book of the Month in February? March. March. I'm not sure which month, but it's been very popular, mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. I haven't read it, but... I have been recommended it by you and also by some others, so eventually maybe I'll get around to it. Yeah, and it's also the first book in a series, so it, right. the adventures of Amina al-Sarafi will continue, so I'm very excited to see what I goes. mean, I'm all here for a female pirate. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. My number five is one that I've been seeing kind of make a resurgence on Bookstagram lately, and that is The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker. It is one that was hanging out on Bookstagram when I first joined about a year and a half ago. And I will fully admit to putting it on my TBR solely for the cover. Uh, it's a pretty cover. It's a really pretty cover. And anything with the word wild in it also usually gets me. Mm -hmm. I read lots of books with the world word wild in it um may have something to do with the fact that i am a wildlife biologist i do wildlife rehab west virginia wild and wonderful anyways so this book also takes place in alaska which is another uh something that you might consider to be in my wheelhouse i like books that take place in alaska um, I haven't read as many recently, but used to all the time. I uh, always have wanted to go to Alaska. And uh, I like to watch shows about people buying houses in Alaska. <laughs> um, and uh, vets in Alaska. So when this romance that takes place in Alaska was making popular circulation on bookstagram i downloaded it on kindle but i finally got around to it last quarter and i'm actually over halfway done with the second one right now really loving them jonah is let me just say the yeti if you know you know i love how you're doing visual looks here they for an can audio hear, they can hear my eyebrow raise can they let us know i'm doing it right now okay so i see this is a romance book and it's on instagram everybody has their spice rating so what's the spice rating on this one it's like it's not not spicy but it's not neon got spicy it's uh it's... that's how people describe me <laughs> 
It's, it, I'd say it's a three out of five on the spice-o-meter. Okay. I don't read romance, a lot of romance, so Yeah, but my, everybody's my... spice rating is different. It depends on how much spicy they've read. Like, I don't get into the super crazy stuff all that often. I'd say Neon Gods is probably the spiciest thing I've read as of late, so. Okay. So, my fifth is Ring Shout. By P. Jelly Clark. It's P. A, Jelly? It's another historical fantasy type book. And it's really interesting. The premise is, what if the KKK became monsters physically? <laughs> um, like, like, literally. Like literal monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just metaphorical ones. But yeah. it, um, it was really inventive. Really cool idea. And it touched on a lot of horror fantasy, which works very well for me in most cases. I enjoyed this one a lot. Well, and a historical fiction type thing element to it too. Then yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It was it's set. Um, I believe it was a bit since I've read it, so I believe it was set at the about the turn of the century um, into the nineteenth or twentieth century after the Civil War and all, and it's super interesting with how the dynamics of everything just relating to the racial climate in the u.s contributes to this fantastical atmosphere it's very well done i've very much enjoyed everything i've read by clark well it kind of makes sense because a lot of like classical fantasy is based on race wars whether they're real or not. Sure. <laughs> uh, elves versus dwarves versus orcs versus, mm-hmm. you know, etc. So it, it, not to, but it could fit nicely into a fantastical element. Yeah. Plus, would you say that both of your ones you just talked about were historical fantasy? Yes. Cool. Yeah, historical fantasy. It's not a, one I've seen a ton or read a ton of, but it's but definitely like a it. thing. I, yeah, I enjoy it pretty which is weird because I'm not a big fan of historical fiction. So, Which surprises me because you like history. I think that's why I don't like historical fiction. Mm, I see. Makes sense. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> well, you just want it to be what it really was. Right. Except when they could be monsters. Except when they could be monsters. <laughs> Speaking of monsters... My number four is Bird Box by Josh Mallerman. And this is one that I feel like people either love it or hate it. Um, I, when we were talking about this on our Instagram live, like somebody who joined was straight up like hating on this book, but wouldn't give me a reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like that's how people kind of are. They, they, a lot of people say, oh, it's basically A Quiet Place. It copied A Quiet Place. But it was written before A Quiet Place. So. Now, enjoying this book and after reading it, does it tarnish your view of A Quiet Place at all? No. It's totally. So, however, I, I mean, there's no way A Quiet Place did not get inspiration from Bird Box or else it's really eerily similar ideas. So Bird Box is about a 
sort of post-apocalyptic setting where you cannot open your eyes because you might see this thing, monster if you will, that will drive you to go on a rampage uh, killing people. And so the government has instructed people to wear blindfolds, put up uh, window covers, n- leave as minimally as possible. Haha, <laughs> this is also pre-COVID. This was actually written in 2014. So then there was a uh, screen adaptation made in 2018. For Netflix, right? For Netflix, and that was post A Quiet Place. So people were like, wait a second, this just copied that. But that wasn't the case, where A Quiet Place is if this monster hears you um then you get killed by said monster but same kind of thing like you have to completely eliminate one of your senses to go about your way of life very stressfully and it also follows a female lead who also is pregnant um who also (laughs) ends up having a baby In a very stressful, like, having to have her eyes blindfolded while having a baby because the monster is currently attacking in, like, while she's having this baby. Like, literally many similarities to A Quiet Place. So I can see where people who don't really do the research could get mad at it for that reason. Uh, But it is entirely separate. Um, And it flips back and forth to the onset of this disaster and about a decade into it, uh, as she escapes with her children to go and try and find this refuge of sorts. But there's also all this notes of whether or not this is really real and if it's just all controlled by the government to try and make people think they're going crazy. It's, it's, Definitely multi-layered, yet it's a very short, less than 300-page book. I liked it. Awesome. Yeah, it's on my TBR style. I need to get around to it, and I will eventually. It's quick, so you should. Moving on to my number four, I'm going with Tress of the Emerald Sea by Brandon Sanderson. This was secret project number one for those of you big on uh, fantasy news and the fantasy book community. Um, Sanderson be crazy, yo. Yeah, he wrote really five books during quarantine because he had nothing else to do. And this was the first one he chose to release. It is related to the Cosmere, which is his big connected universe. So that's a lot of fun. There are a lot of Easter eggs throughout. Now, the book itself um, is absolutely gorgeous. The cover work is like a leathery cool design and there's interior artwork you can check out my review on it to see some of that but it was great read very princess bride vibes some pirate fantasy kind of a coming of age it was a lot of fun and i enjoyed it quite immensely i really want to read it honestly the cover made me want to read it that much more you know what guys judge books by the cover we live in a world today of the age of book talk and bookstagram that 
publishers and independents also who know what they're doing are utilizing the best of the best artists to get great covers that reflect great contents. Sometimes, yes, there can be great covers that aren't that great of contents, and there can be great content without great covers. Yes, I recognize that. However, newer books that come out should know that the culture behind book media right now is to have a pretty cover and covers sell your books Covers sell your books so i don't i'm not i i'm not a don't judge the book by its cover judge the book by its cover pick books because they're pretty because why not it's a pretty book it is it's absolutely gorgeous it's one of my favorites and i'm excited to see how the other three turn out so my number three um is a pretty cover and uh, I actually found via a book tour from Bookstagram, Katie and Bray uh, book tours. And I'm so glad I found it. I have always had a love for poetry. And this is a collection of poems by Tanya and Kate Taylor, a mother-daughter duo called Why I Tell You Everything. I read this book at the perfect time. I was sitting by myself in the hospital. Well, not by myself. I was sitting with my two-month-old son. <laughs> now, for clarification, I did not abandon them. I was no, taking she, care of our older taking, son. He was taking care of our two-year-old. I was staying the night in the hospital with and our two-month-old. And we traded nights a couple times. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything. I know. Just they don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, anywho, I was sitting with him and uh, he was just sleeping and hooked up to oxygen and all kinds of stressful things due to pneumonia. And I just decided, well, I'll read this arc that I got of poetry because I don't feel like reading something that is hefty and long. I just want something I can breeze through, and I sat through and read it in one setting, and I have since gone back and reread it. The authors loved my review so much, they sent me a gorgeous little box that you can order from their bookstagram that had, like, bath bombs and a candle and some chocolate and a notebook and all kinds of stuff. But it's not like they were bribing me to put it up this high. It was like a thank you. And I would have put it this high without ever having had any interaction with them at all. It is a beautiful anthology of poems reflecting back upon their heritage onto their present and into the future. Just talking about the influence that those who came before us have on where we are today. And uh, if you know anything about me that is a large part of what I grew up to care about and love about our ancestry. Um, and this book does that beautifully. I love that it's a mother-daughter duo. I love the passion for family behind uh, these words. And I love the healing that this exercise obviously was to this mother-daughter duo. Um, and it probably is healing many others as they read it and process their own uh, 
family history. Awesome. Yeah, I know you've really liked that book and you keep talking about it. Have you... I think you've read it twice. At this yeah, point. I said I reread okay. it because they sent me the physical with that book box, and the arc was just on my phone, so I really wanted to be able to reread it and underline stuff. Mm-hmm. You're a big underliner, and I drew in it and stuff. I find that appalling, but I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> I I like to keep my books pristine and hate writing or anything in them, but so. I don't, like, annotate fiction. A lot of people on Bookstagram I've seen, like, write a lot in their fiction. And I don't have anything against that. I just don't know what I would write. Like, or, you know, I mean, I could highlight quotes that I like or something. But mostly I do it with nonfiction and poetry and things like that. I still don't like it. It's... To each his own. What about you? Do you like to write in books or do you like to keep them crisp as new? There is a correct answer. Well, it does make it hard (laughs) to sell. So should you decide you no longer want to keep a book, it does make it difficult to sell if you've written all in it like or even give away. Because I know we have all these books we did like couples books together and they have all of our personal like answers in them but we don't really care to necessarily keep them around but it also seems weird to just throw them away and it also is not possible to donate those personal answers yeah (laughs) but anyways we're moving on to my number three i'm going with uh such sharp teeth by rachel harrison this is a werewolf novel which was awesome. I didn't know I liked werewolf novels this much until I got a good werewolf novel in my hands. And well, Ra- you may not like werewolf novels well, this okay. much. You like this werewolf novel. I like novel. this one. And I really like Rachel Harrison. Since this time, I have read her other two novels. And I'm very excited for her new one coming out this year in September, I want to say. Uh, it's called Black Sheep. You should check it out. It's about That one's a cult one, I believe. But. Yeah, I've I've since read one of hers and am currently reading another, and I love her writing. She's so good. She takes horror mixed with, like, feminism, and it's really weird combination, but works so well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm enthralled by these books. These cats are the worst. Bradley keeps having to pause it like 10,000 times because they want to come and scratch on a scratch pad. or And I see, I think he should leave them in because it adds character. And again, all book people love cats. I bet we can find one person out there that doesn't. And They no don't one... know it, but they love cats even if they say they don't. They don't want the picking at the, at the scratch pad to be hammered into their ears i understand but the their weird chirps are their enough. weird chirps and and hacking on hairballs is plenty <laughs> uh so did you finish with your third one i don't know such, such sharp, sharp teeth, teeth. rachel harrison <laughs> great book pick it up if you like horror at all werewolves, if you feminism. like werewolves even if you don't give it a read it's i mean her book's are i call them kind of horror light they're not super scary except for the return is pretty darn scary but uh her other two i've read aren't super scary they're 
But they are horror. They have those moments. They have and jump scares. They do. Which is, I think, an accomplishment for a book. Because it's more difficult to uh, cause that sensation without a picture. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, check it out if you haven't. So, now we're on number two? Yes. My number two is Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. This book deserves the hype, which is often not the case sometimes with books that are like widely every major media list's number one book of the year. Like, I think it was... It was obviously Book of the Month's Book of the Year. It was Amazon's Fiction of the Year. It was... It be Lessons in Chemistry on Amazon? I thought... Oh, yeah. Lessons... It was another... It was several it was things there, top sure. of the years. Uh, I mean, Lessons in Chemistry was my best of the year last year. But it... it and I think the reason why is because it is so... All the emotions... So, the, it follows two friends, and there's where it makes itself distinct from most other books like this. They never date, and it makes it clear from the beginning, even the description on the back of the book, that this is a story of friendship and the power of creativity that comes from that special bond and that bond and how it changes and morphs over time, how friendships ebb and flow, how friendships are infected by romantic relationships, by changes in job, by lies, and by life. However, the big backdrop behind this book is the gaming world. And I am not a gamer by any means of that. I don't have anything against games. I've enjoyed games, but I do not consider myself like a gamer. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a gamer or into gaming culture to appreciate this book or appreciate the references. These two friends are game designers and that is their passion together. And really, I know that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't sound super exciting. And that's why I, like, didn't pick it when it came out as the book of the month that month. Because I was like, oh, well, okay. And then once I saw everybody talking about it, I, you know, of course, I had to get on board with the hype and see if it was worth <laughs> the hype. And it was. Very good. Probably will land somewhere on my top ten at the end of the year. It, uh, after after I finished it, Bradley and I went on, like, a walk with our kids uh, down the down the block and all I did was just want to talk about the book because he had finally finished it too and we talked about why we felt certain choices were made for certain characters and what we liked and it was it it's a good discussion book good book club book I would say yeah I will reserve talking about it because you might be hearing about it later from me my number two I'm going with one I heard about from an arc and just thought, oh, I'll give it a shot and see how it is. It is episode 13 by Craig DeLouis. This book, I was not prepared for. <laughs> it is a, I'm using quotes here, found footage type book. Similar to like Blair Witch Project or something in a similar vein. Where these ghost tapes... Like lost tapes, yes. 
If you got that super niche reference, kudos. you're our friend already. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's very interesting. It follows these ghost hunters who are trying to prove or disprove via science whether ghosts exist or not. And they got this TV show, and they go to a haunted house, and really weird stuff starts happening that they cannot un explain. And I read this via audiobook, and it's a full cast production, which was really good. A lot of times those are hit or miss. This, it really worked for me. Didn't but... you say Amina was also full cast? No. Oh, you just said the voice actors. So. Yes. It had two POVs okay. and used two voice actors. Because I was just going to say, there's two books that had a full cast, but no. Right. For me, it's just really hit or miss on a full cast. And this they nailed it this time. And it gets, it gets weird, <laughs> which I loved. It goes from this, oh, it's a creepy haunted house to existential horror. It's fantastic. I very much enjoyed this one and would definitely recommend it to any horror fan. Just just check it out. It's it's worth it for sure. Okay. My number one book. Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. Like Platypie? Yes. Um, or Camels? Okay, neither of those things were in this book. But they're unlikely. But they are unlikely. Or octopi. Are camels really that unlikely? Have you seen a camel? I mean, yeah, we used to own one. Right. They're weird. <laughs> okay, anyways. I'd say that defines an unlikely animal. Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett is every genre. Like, it is often described as genre bending, so I can't white pigeonhole it but if i had to hold that pigeon put that pigeon in a hole do it nobody puts that pigeon in a hole do it put that pigeon in a hole okay i'm gonna pigeonhole it and where does that saying even come from i think we might need a deep dive tangent oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> anyways if i had to pigeonhole it I would say that it is historical fiction with a dash of fantasy, and I don't even know. You can't pigeonhole it. You can't pigeonhole it. I was just you about can't... to say, you are not doing a good job no, of pigeonholing No, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not, I'm not doing a good job. And that should just speak to the greatness of this book. Um, Annie Hartnett is able to make it everything, which real life is everything. There's magical realism in it as well with the animals of it. The premise is it is a small town and a girl who left said small town to go do big great things and attend medical school on the west coast comes back home. She's dropped out of medical school. She seems to have lost her ability and drive to heal people. And she returns home. The final straw was her father is dealing with early onset dementia and is struggling. And she is returned home to kind of be with him throughout his final days. And 
everybody she thinks is going to be disappointed in her but she discovers through a substitute teaching job through weird animal adventures with her crazy father through watching her brother heal from addiction through community coming together to try and fight the opioid crisis through not giving up on a best friend who seems to have gone missing oh yeah so there's like a mystery too and also uh, sentient ghosts in the community that can influence things that happen but also are mostly just bystanders for a POV. It sounds so weird. It's so good. And I just related to it a lot because I too have had deer in my bathroom. And sentient ghost people? No, thank you. But <laughs> I too have had deer in my bathroom, had to stop my father from bidding $10,000 on a camel at an auction, and, uh, you know, um, have, have rehabilitated foxes and other things of the like. So, honestly, I just think he was misdiagnosed. He wasn't crazy. He was just a crazy animal person. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's its own diagnosis. It really is. I, now, this is another one that has a pretty cool cover, I think. It's just got all the just little foxes. Just little foxes, yeah. It's simple, but I, I like a simple cover sometimes. I like it too. And honestly, my friend who doesn't read at all picked it out for me for my birthday and did an amazing job because I think she just picked it out for me because she's like, oh yeah, animals in the title and foxes on the cover. Rebecca will like this. Win-win. She definitely got it right, and I want to read Rabbit Cake, uh, the other book by Annie Hartnett, as soon as I can get my hands on it. Rabbit Cake? Yes, and it's coming of age. Like, just add one more thing that I love. Oh, my. So is that like a crab cake? I don't know. Hmm. A little hollandaise? You'll have to buy and... it for me so we can find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I'll go with my number one pick, which has already been talked about at length. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Tomorrow times three. I really enjoyed this book. It was, I, I, I agree. I went into it the same. Not really sure. I was like, oh, I'll see how it is. I've heard it's really good. And I was just blown away. I'm not much of a gamer either. I'd say more so than you, but sure. not, still not really. And I, it was just really great. A really, really well done contemporary, just general fiction. And I don't read a lot of just general fiction and really enjoyed this one. I I was blown away by the character. The characters mm -hmm. were the best it part. It is very character driven. You immediately fall in love with these characters mm -hmm. and are they invested are so in their story. They absolutely are. Uh, just an all around great read deserved all the praise it got last year and i'm sad i'm late to the game but i very much enjoyed it well we hope that you've found some books that you can add to your never-ending tbr pile and or that this reaffirms your choice in a book currently on your tbr and moves it on up so you can tell us what you thought we are always here to enable book buying especially from your local bookstore Shop small, y'all. Thank you all for joining. <laughs>
Thank you all for joining us, and I hope to see you next week. Toodles. <laughs>